Uh, we are going to look in a few moments' time at a little passage from Philippians, because it is the best-named book in the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, um, and verses, we're going to, I think we'll go verses 4 to 9 in a few moments, and then after that, we're going to explore the Bible by using the analogy of caffeine, just because. I'm going to tell you a little bit about caffeine and what caffeine does, how caffeine is made, and the chemical called caffeine uh, and what it does to us. So um, first of all, though, let's read from Philippians chapter 4 and verses 4 to 9. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because that's the one I like. All right, Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Uh, are you a bit worried this evening about anything? Oh, okay, very good. Well done tick one. Uh, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Um, Is there anything you need this evening in life? Shall we just pause and pray and ask God, shall we just tell him what we need and then thank him for what he's done? Let's pause and pray for a few seconds. What do you need? And then thank him for all he's done. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is Paul writing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting this into practice. Caffeine. I like caffeine. I like coffee. I don't like tea. So tea is packed with caffeine as well. Um, but I like caffeine. Um, caffeine are, you, are you keen to hear about caffeine and what it does to you? No, you're going to hear it anyway. <laughs> so caffeine is, um, caffeine is a sort of drug, a kind of molecule that buzzes about our bodies. Um, and our brains are packed full of these little receptacles that kind of tell our body what to do. I'm quite sort of taken by this idea that our, our brains have got these like, little receptacle things in them. Um, And the idea is these receptacles receive a hormone that is called, do you know what it's called? No, mm, I think it is called um, adenosine. Come on, scientists. Um, Oh, yes, good. There's a little drug in our bodies bringing around called adenosine, which these receptacles receive. And adenosine does this thing to us called makes us drowsy and sends us to sleep. You are feeling very sleepy. That's what it kind of tells our body. Because sleep is good, right? We can have a whole other talk about sleep. Sleep is the best performance enhancer there is. Well done, sleep. Sleep good. Go sleep. Uh, eight hours, good sleep. So there's this little drug that buzzes about our body called adenosine that's, that's received by these receptacles that says, go to sleep. You are feeling very sleepy. Such a risky thing to do in a sermon. You are feeling 
very sleepy. Uh, and what uh, caffeine is, um, caffeine looks very similar to this little thing called adenosine. It's a very similarly looking little drug, and it kind of barges in the way and gets in the way of these receptacles. So this little sleepy drug comes along, and the caffeine goes boink and sits in the receptacle and prevents the sleepy, sleepy drug from getting to sleepy land and telling you to go to sleep. And in fact, therefore, we sort of stay awake and do other amazing things as a result of caffeine. It is called, um, it is called a receptor antagonist. If I, if, I, like, if I could be a drug, I'd want to be a receptor antagonist. I just feel that would be, that'd be very me. It's a little bit like, um, Naomi just caught my eye. If Naomi came in to sit down and was going to come and sit down on a chair, and then Joe decided to sit down there, um, he would be a receptor antagonist. Naomi would have to go and find somewhere else to sit. And if she wandered over, maybe over here somewhere, uh, to sit behind here, and Caffeine Jordan came in and sat in that space as well, he'd become the receptor antagonist, and then she'd have to go and find somewhere else to sit. That's kind of what's happening in our brains all the time. Are you so intrigued? <laughs> Actually, you are. Wow. All right. Well done. You're doing better than I. Uh, so, in fact, instead of being calm and at peace, when we take in caffeine, we're kind of resisting this thing called be at calm and be at peace. It does other things to us that can be useful. Uh, not always. Um, but it stops us from calming down. So those of us that have a fairly calm disposition like me, calm and quiet <laughs> and considered and generally low energy. We benefit from a bit of caffeine because it helps wake us up a bit. That's kind of what we need. A bit more, bit more life and buzz. Uh, those of you that are a bit more buzzy probably need a little less caffeine. Okay, so if you're kind of a bit of jazz hands, I'm looking at you, Jeff Tucker. <laughs> I... Supercharged jazz hands, Jeff, there. Probably just keep the coffee down. All right, so that's what it does. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, here's, the, here's the analogy. Here's the bridge from caffeine to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Um, I, I just, on reflection, and I do think biblically too, uh, we have this habit or habits in our lives of chucking stuff in the way of God that sort of disrupts his peace, a bit like caffeine does. We sort of lob stuff in there that gets in the way of God's peace and his joy. His peace is coming down, Whoo! not to necessarily put us to sleep, but to give us calm and peace. And we chuck in a sort of caffeine-type equivalent that blocks the peace. Or he's coming with his joy, and we chuck something else in that sort of blocks it uh, and is a bit of a sort of disruptor or an antagonist to what God wants to do with us and in us. And I'd just love us to explore that for, I don't know how long, I actually have left my little mini clock at home. So I'll use my watch. It won't make a blind spot of difference because I can't read it. Um, so there we go. Uh, so maybe for the next 10 minutes, 12 minutes or so, we'll explore what these things might be. Um, and then I'd really love us to think about what's sort of getting in the way of our thoughts that's preventing God from sort of being received like a receptor, like Naomi trying to sit down, but caffeine fuel Jordan's in the way. Uh, what have we got in the way? What is in the way? There are some hints in this passage that we'll definitely pray through, but there might be other stuff that comes up as we are um, meandering around this a little bit. Uh, when you were growing up, or for some of you as you were still growing up, um, did you ever ask to have sweets before dinner? Like a packet of sweets? 
or sweets. You know what sweets are. I could just say the same word six times, sweets. Uh, and your um, responsible adults, probably your parents would have said, what? No. Yes, says Hope. Um, <laughs> she's a lonely voice over here, but the rest of us will know, because what's it going to do? It's going to spoil your appetite. It's going to spoil your dinner. Uh, it's just another analogy. It might rot your teeth as well, and many other lovely things, but aren't sweets good? And there's, a, there's a new sweet shop in town by the town terminus. It's got an amazing name uh, if you want to go and pass through it. Um, I did, if we'd gone to town today, I would have taken a photo of it and showed you. Probably a good job we didn't go to town. If you're, if you're near the bus terminus, like Friday night next week, 9 o'clock or so, uh, you're going down the bus terminus, have a look at the new sweet shop, and Steve can work out what it's called. It's the, it's got, it is, it's got slightly dubious lettering. Anyway, tuck shop, sweet shop. Um, we, you know, we chuck sweets into our lives um, sometimes that kind of detract from what God's doing as well. It kind of ruins our appetite. Um, there's another new, if you want to know, it's something else for Friday night, maybe kind of half past nine or so, um, really great cocktail bar called Bad Habits. Has anybody been to Bad Habits yet? It's good, Bad Habits, good, good cocktails. I think they're doing um, Tenefest at the minute. Amigos are doing Tenefest, two for one. Two cocktails, ten quid. Four drinks. Okay, good, enjoy the sunnies. Four drinks for a tenner, okay, so... Um, <laughs> I know you now want to come for prayer on Friday night around town, right? Because you can go to the tuck shop, and I deliberately stress tuck shop, uh, and bad habits. Great place for some cocktails if you want them. Uh, these things kind of spoil in our real lives our enjoyment of life. That's what I was getting at in a slightly um, enthusiastic way. If you, want to, if you want to enjoy our dinner, let's not eat sweets before dinner. That's fairly standard, right? But I still want to eat sweets or stuff. Or if I'm getting hungry about five o'clock and I can smell dinner cooking, half past five, hmm. Probably the wrong house. <laughs> oh, that'd be an auto, that's right. <laughs> I'd be, we've clearly been invited to somebody else's house, yeah. <laughs> Is that not when you want to eat right now? Like dinner's going to be how long? Kind of, dinner's going to be an hour, but I want to eat now because I can smell it. Like I'm going for the biscuits and stuff just to eat now. And we chuck something in and spoil our dinner. Or we maybe go out and have four cocktails for the price of one and might just spoil the evening if you're 50 years old, which I nearly am. I know that's a shock to you. Um, I'm a sort of one drink screamer, home at nine o'clock kind of guy now. So, you know, four drinks of a night at Bad Habits is not going to do me well. It's going to spoil about a week. I used to sort of... Spoil a couple of hours. It's going to do me for a week, that. Um, we throw things into our lives that spoils what God's doing. And they tend to be short-term things, a bit like caffeine does, like short-term buzzes, short-term stuff. We get distracted as we're looking for the quick fix. Um, we miss the depth that he's bringing to our life. We miss the quality that he's bringing to our life. We miss the truth that he's bringing we miss the joy that he's bringing. We miss his peace. We kind of knock him out of the way with all sorts of stuff. Now, I'm not actually against, I've labored the physical, but in fact, a lot of the things we throw in are mental, spiritual, emotional, probably more so. We might throw in, 
I don't know, what else do we like to do? I feel like the finger-waggy doom preacher tonight. Um, gossiping stuff, that can be quite seductive. Let's have a bit of a chat about such and such over there. That can be a bit seductive. Or a bit of pride can creep in, and we throw that in to- on top. Um, or maybe a bit of career ambition. I'm not wholly against that, um, but when it becomes the thing we're thinking about and that's all we're thinking about, it's a problem. Or the person that's really annoying us. Do you have somebody that really annoys you in your life? Sorry, Rach. So if, and if, if you've got nobody that really annoys you in your life, just take a little look at yourself because you're probably the one. Um, but there's somebody who's a bit annoying and they're just in your head and you can't get them out of your head and it's two in the morning and you're thinking, I wish I'd said that to them right there and then, bam. And it's playing out in your head like it plays out in your head. And I know we all do this because we do. It's called human nature. But when we get a bit possessed and obsessed about these things, captivated by them, we miss God's joy And we miss God's peace because we've done the caffeine thing and lobbed in something ahead of his, what he's trying to do. We put something that's blocking receiving from him. I don't, you know, we are distracted. I can't, we are distracted people. I don't particularly want to be, but we are quite distractible. Um, Who's got an iPhone on them? Shall we just have a quick look at um, our average use? I won't ask you what you're using. Let's have a quick look. I thought, <laughs> good, good, yeah. It's in here. Let's have a quick look at our average use on the phone. Screen time. One hour 46. Nice. Nice one, Freya. I'm at one hour 56. That's a bit less than I expected. Six hours, George, did you say? 655, not bad. Any advances on 655? Bit of an auctioneer? Nine minutes? Zero minutes. Sell the phone. Um, any, anybody more than sort of seven hours? Daily average? Brilliant. How distracted we are. <laughs> I did a little research into this. I couldn't find anything beyond um, 2016. But the average adult spends, um, hope will love this, spends over 10 hours, 30 minutes a day on a screen. That's presumably including work. Ten hours a day, flipping on. No wonder we're so distracted. We like distractions. We like the quick stuff. And here's what it is. Often it's not true. Let's get back to Philippians. It's not honourable. Sometimes the stuff that's buzzing around our heads. It's not right. It's not pure. It's not lovely. It's not admirable. It's not really excellent. I think God would have us this evening say, do you know, I'd like to replace some of these caffeine things that you've chucked in the way of me. Um, Renew your mind, shake it up, shake it out, and replace them instead with things that are true, things that are honourable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, and excellent. In other words, him. So I'm going to slow the pace and, and just start to think about some of the things that buzz in our minds that perhaps are not good. Let's start with some things that might be not true. Um, do you have things in your mind that aren't true? Yeah, we kind of do. Do you have things in your mind that aren't true about God sometimes? We don't really know until we know, I think, sometimes. And um, I discovered something in recent months that I believed about God that actually isn't quite true. It's sort of true, but isn't so true as I thought. You can ask me later if you want to. Um, I think sometimes we just think, well, he, he's like this or like that, and that's it forever. And in fact, it's not quite as true as we think sometimes. I know 
Computers definitely sidetrack you from housework. Most things sidetrack me from housework. <laughs> the telly included. Um, there's stuff that's not true. Uh, did we talk about marathons recently? No. Where's is Barry? Is Barry is um, Barry Marathon Greece here? No. So uh, Barathon, Bar Barathon. <laughs> Barry Marathon Grief. Um, just imagine Marathon. <laughs> Barry Marathon Grief running the marathon. Um, if you were um, supporting Barry in the marathon, what sort of things would you have wanted to say to him along the way? Or maybe you wanted to run it yourself? No, okay, we're supporting. Um, if you were supporting along the way, what are you going to say? Come on, Barry. <laughs> Come on, Barry. Oh, Bazzy. If, if you had a uh, banner, what would it say? Oi, oi, savaloi. Okay. Run, Barry, run. Love it. Some pretty good stuff, right? Some, come, come on. Uh, we live in a world, a spiritual world, where we have an enemy that has the opposite. Like, he holds banners over our lives that aren't, come on, Barry, run, or come on, Phil, run, or come on, whoever, or come on, keep going. He's got banners that say, sit down, you ain't going to finish. Or, um, have you seen how fat and unfit you are? <clears throat> yes. Uh, but you're not going to finish, sit down. Who do you think you are to run a marathon? Who do you think you are to try this? He's got these little, he's, he's like the worst cheerleader. The worst. And he loves it. And he lies to us. And here's the problem. Sometimes we believe it, or bits of it. It sort of filters in a bit. This little banner, that instead of saying, run, Barry, run, says, sit, Barry, sit, or something like that. And it kind of goes in our head. Who are you to go to church? Who are you to try this? Who are you to have that vision, that picture, that dream, or whatever it might be? Why don't you just give up? I'd love those little lies to be broken. There's a few, I'm sure, around. Quite a few. They, they act like caffeine and inhibit us, prevent us from receiving God's peace and God's joy. We don't hear it. We don't feel it. Sometimes we miss him. Do you know the poem Footsteps? Do you know the poem Footsteps? Now, I can't remember it. I never particularly enjoyed it as a child because we heard about it every single sermon uh, for I don't know how long. So now you're going to hear it. It's like 20-plus years later. Um, if you're not familiar with the Footsteps poem, it goes a little bit like this. And there are two sets of footprints in the sand. Very good. Um, and then when my life got tough, why was there only one set of footprints? God, why did you leave me in my toughest times? And as the poem goes, um, I didn't leave you. I picked you up and I carried you. Very, it's a really wonderful, actually, really wonderful picture, a lo lovely image. Um, I sometimes wonder now whether, let's go back to two pairs of footprints, uh, whether sometimes I'm living my life and we're living our lives a bit like walking with God or walking with Jesus, but kind of on my iPhone, <laughs> Like this, kind of. And we're, we're doing it together. I, was, I don't know, walking along the beach, footprints in the sand. But like, a bit distracted. You ever been out for dinner with somebody who's always on their phone? Uh, oh, yeah. Said with feeling there, Val. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how you feel. <laughs> it's not great, eh? If you've ever tried to have a chat with somebody for any length of time through a phone, it's not great, is it? People are constantly distracted. Um, any, any of the best relationships can't really be lived with those sorts of distractions. Yeah, I do wonder whether sometimes we treat Jesus a bit like that. When things are well especially, we're kind of walking along the beach with him. Footprints in the sand, but I'm not really paying attention. 
bit distracted by stuff that actually truly doesn't matter. I filled my mind with stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, why am I worried about it? This is rhetorical. Um, what do you worry about? Because I think we all worry about something here and there. Sometimes we get really worried about stuff. And it's really easy to read like today, don't worry. I think it's quite hard not to worry. It's really hard. It feels a bit flippant. And that's not at all, I think, what Paul's writing. What he's saying is instead of being worried and kind of captivated by stuff that's not particularly healthy, instead bring it to God and replace it with him. It's not that the situation's got any easier. It's in some ways just, just obsessing about it isn't going to help us. It's just definitely rhetorical. If you find yourself captivated by something or someone this evening, we're definitely going to pray that God replaces that with him this evening, that he does something quite miraculous and changes what's invading our brains. In fact, let's do that, shall we? Just pause and pray for a moment. And then uh, as, we, as we sort of finish this prayer, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward and the worship team to come back, and then we can just pray that God does his thing with us this evening. Jesus, we thank you that you love us so desperately that you want us to be full of you, of your peace and your joy. This is what we're reading this evening. You care deeply about our worries and our concerns. You do care. It's not that you're flippant and dismissive. You care. But you care so much that you don't want us to live with them and be obsessed by them and captivated by them, Lord. So just as we come to you again this evening, we pray, Jesus, for these things. First, that where we are perhaps, where we've got like a lie that's in the way, a bit like, like Satan's banner somewhere, where there's a lion in the way, Jesus, we pray this evening that you bring your truth. Help us to hear you speak truth where we, put, where we have something that's blocking it. That you do love us deeply. That you do care for us deeply. That we do have a hope. That we do have a future. That it will be okay. Remove the lies, Lord, this evening, we pray. Second, where we are distracted uh, by things that are distracting us, the sweets equivalent. Lord, I pray you do a bit of a sweep-up job. Help us to detox from things that are preventing us from receiving you and instead to receive you this evening, Lord. It might be simply that, that you, we pray this evening that we receive you again afresh and you renew us where we've chucked in some spiritual or like mental toxins. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you bring your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, all of these good things that you have for us. And third, Lord, and last, where we're captivated by a situation, really worried where that worry is just really gripping us. You know, if we were to analyze our thoughts over a, over a day, we'd see it's hours spent sort of on this thing or on this person. Jesus, we pray this evening that you would help free us from that captivation. Break those chains, Lords, we pray, by your power. Not by our amazing thinking, but by your power. 
that we'll be free to receive you. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward as we stand to worship. And just in the next couple of songs, um, I'd, I'd love it. If there's something you think I do need to respond, please, please do come forward this evening. And our team would love to pray with you.